welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. She stop the rage. You see that? Alright everybody, welcome back to the Retro Blood as we continue our Demon Possessed Month. If you like demons scorching out eyeballs, if you like green goo coming from people's mouth, and if you like our boy Tony bossing everybody around like a pimp, this is the review for you. What's happening everybody? James Klein, J.A. Allison, we are reviewing our first Italian horror film on this podcast. Yes, we are doing Demons. What's happening, Allison? How excited for you? <laughs> how excited are What's you up, man? for Demons? I am, dude, I am so excited. You know how much I love Italian horror. I've talked to you about that since the day that we met. Um, so that I'm excited to start doing some of these Italian horror films. And this is the first one we're doing, Demons by Lombardo Baba. So this is going to be this is going to be a fun episode. It's going to be a fun one. And, you know, I was thinking about watching it. You know, when I was watching this film, it's very interesting because is this like the first horror movie that that the whole movie takes place in a theater? You know, like there's a lot of movies that have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it is because there's a lot of movies out there. That have like movie theaters in the horror movie, but it's only like a like maybe a location or just like a little like we're stopping by the theater. The only one I could think about was this movie called The Gallows. Was kind of like done in a movie theater, but that movie totally right. sucked. Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> I didn't see that movie, but uh, I-, I thought about watching it at one yeah. point because I've actually heard good things about it. Cause it's like a found horror film, like a French yeah. found horror movie or something. Yeah. But um, I probably won't now that you think it sucks. This movie didn't suck though. So if you want a movie set in nah. a or in a movie theater, just watch Demons. Yeah, because the only ones that come off the top of my head that there was like movie theater stuff happening was um, Scream Two, where the the beginning scene took place in a theater, and then it was like Gallows movie. And then, you know, there's a couple other ones that have, like, maybe theater scenes, but not, like, a whole movie surrounded by a um, a movie theater, a haunted demon movie theater. But it's just very interesting, that that premise, that you don't really see that a lot, even, you know, even nowadays. Right. It, it kind of leaves you wondering as you watch this, like, how big is this movie theater? I know. That thing was like... like well, it looked, it was big outside. <laughs> like, like it, they seem to be running forever, yeah. but, you know... <laughs> Uh, I like one of the guys was just like, I've never seen a movie here before. Motherfucker, that building was huge. How did you not see this movie? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, everybody, we're going to be talking all about demons. It's going to be a fun one. But of course, like we do every Retro Blood episode, we will be talking about the history 
around the release date of Demons, which actually came out. Um, well, the release date in the uh, uh, Italy was different than the release date in America. So the release yeah. date in Italy was October 4th, 1985. I would think that it was released only to video in the United States. I'd be surprised if this came out in the theaters. Yes. Yeah. The American release date that I see here to the U.S. was May 30th, 1986. And you know what's very special about May 30th, 1986, Allison and everybody out there? Uh, it was your birthday? Well, kind of. I was one <laughs> years old. I was one year and about... Uh, uh, about, uh, let's see, if I can do my math here, I was one year and 17 days old. Okay. All right. You know what I was doing on May 30th, Um, 1986? Uh, pooping yourself? Yes. I was not watching this movie, but if I, if I was (laughs) how I am right now, I'd be like fucking grabbing this videotape. I'd be grabbing that VHS, whatever, you know, whatever you stream and. How did you? How, okay, so we had VHS during this time, right? Like, what else? Is that it? Mm-hmm. Is that the only way we can That's watch it. this shit? It's the only way we could watch it. That's I, how I watched it. I can't do it like out. an eight track or nothing like that. Like, I can't listen to the audio. <laughs> I can't put on the radio. Nothing. <laughs> no, I doubt. You, I doubt you heard the audio for this on the radio. But uh, I, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Maybe there's, maybe there's some station out there. But yeah, you know, me growing up in rural, rural North Carolina, I could only watch it on VHS, which is how I first saw this when it first came out. Well, in 1986, I guess, is when I saw this. You really saw it in 1986? Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. So, I don't know. Have I ever... I never told this story, have I, about my... Uh, my How I got into horror films. Well, I know, we know the rock one. I'm not sure if we know the horror one, though. I think we know mine, yeah. but I don't think we know yours. Yeah. We've never told my origin story for horror movies. Let's do it, I don't man. Think. This is the this is the, this is the review to do it. Yeah, this is it, right, because this is a movie after my own heart. So, it, it, is, it is a movie to do so basically growing up in I grew up in rural North Carolina, which I still live in rural North Carolina now. And um, they're really, I was an only child. I don't have any brothers and sisters. I don't live. I never lived in a neighborhood. So there's nobody, there's no kids to play with. Um, and my parents worked all the time. So, you know, I would, I basically was raised by the VCR essentially. So I would get up in the morning and then my parents, one of my parents would drop me off at the bus stop and I would stand there till the bus came and then I'd go to school and then I'd come home from school and um, the night, every single, every night, my parents would take me to a local video store, which was like a mom and pop's video store. And I, I would rent a movie to watch the next day. And essentially what this was supposed to do was it was supposed to be like my babysitter until they got home. So I would, I was like a little latchkey kid. So I would get off the bus and then I would go home and pop my movie and get my little snack and put, pop my movie into the VCR and I would watch it for a couple hours until they got home. Um, so back then there's there was no there was no such thing as like doing get you know checking IDs for movies or anything. Like that that was something I'd never heard of before until like sometime in the 90s. I'd never heard of anything like that. So like, you know, my my dad would give me like $2, which is what a rental movie cost. And I would go by myself into the little rental store while he waited in the car and I'd go in and I'd rent a movie and I'd come back out and I'd watch it the next day. So the store that I went to, was it a blockbuster? No, it was the mom and pop store. We didn't have blockbuster then. Wow. Look at that. 
Yeah, you know, there's, there's still no such thing uh, as Blockbuster. There's, there's still like a rental um, video store around here too. I forgot what it's called though. Well, anyway, continue your story. Wow, that is pretty rare. Out where you live, there probably are. There's probably people still renting VHS out where you yeah. live. Yeah. I, um, I think it just has some sort of plain name, like VHS Rental. We have pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Come have for the pizza. pizza, get your VHS. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but basically, I would... Um, they They... You know, there's only so many movies you can buy, right? I mean, you know, yep. they only had one copy of every movie. It's not like Blockbuster where they have 50 copies of Indiana Jones or whatever. So they would get whatever they could get. And around this time, um, now most of these movies were like a lot of the European ones were censored versions, but like they were getting all these foreign horror movies in, but they didn't know what they were. It wasn't like this arty thing. They're like, oh, let's get these Italian horror films in. It was just a cheap video they could get to have something else on the store shelves. And it was basically the only thing not checked out. So, you know, I got to where I would rent out anything that said it was banned in 40 countries or anything like that. So, um, I, and a lot of them had different names. Like I remember renting, oh gosh, I can't remember if it's Cannibal Holocaust or Cannibal Ferox, but it was released under the name, um, make them die slowly. Um, and then Demons was one of those movies that I was that I rented because I it was in and I could rent it and they would rent it to me, and um, you know it was uh, it, it was like every day I would go rent these these you know crazy Italian or crazy European horror movies and watch these scary movies until my parents came home. So that's kind of how I got into horror films. That's my origin story. Nice. <laughs> mine's uh, mine's uh, you know like what we talked about similar. It just, um, I actually didn't really know anything about Italian horror films until I had uh, my old co-host on my other show. Shout out to the Bloodbeard. He's actually the one that um, showed me a bunch of like Italian horror films. Like we 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 seen this one, Demons, and we saw a bunch of uh, Dario Argento ones as well too, like Deep Red and uh, a couple oh, yeah. of different ones of those. So actually, I didn't yeah. know anything about Italian horror until he actually presented that to me. And I'd probably say uh, the ones I've seen so far, like this is my favorite. But then again, like I said, I don't have a big palette of a bunch of different Italian horror films I've seen. As I have only seen a couple. But oh, the, you the, will. The, we'll the, fix that. Yeah, the couple that I've seen so far, I like this one the best. I mean, this movie to me just has it all. You know, you got demons, you got good shit going on, you got green stuff, you got our boy Tony with the with a great dub over him. All right, you got you got you got everything in here. You got some kids uh, taking coke out of a coke bottle. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, you know, like we do in every episode, let's go over some of the history stuff. So, you know, yeah. the metal is gonna is going to um, cor- correlate with this review. So we'll say the metal for for our last um, history segment. But let's do a little bit of the wrestling first. Now, do you have wrestling? Do you have it on the U.S. release date or do you have it on the Italian release date? Well, I only had the Italian release date because I didn't know what the U.S. release date was. Gotcha. Well, how about you say yours? And I actually had the U.S. date, our U.S. release date. I got a little bit. I got a little something. I got a little something for everybody. Oh, perfect. That's how we work so well together. Yeah. So we didn't even know that. We didn't even plan that. We didn't even plan that, man. That's how um, we do it. No. Yeah. That's that's just, yeah. So we um um w the WWF was active around that time. So um October the third. There was a 
it doesn't make this clear, but I believe this was the night the show was taped. So WWF Saturday night's main event two at the Meadowlands in New Jersey was October the 3rd. So I'm pretty sure that's the night that it actually happened. Because when I look, when I try to look up the show on YouTube, it says October the 5th. So it must have aired two days later. Um, Cause I was trying to figure this out. So there, they actually do three shows, three or four shows around that week. And Hulk Hogan isn't on any of them. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Hulk Hogan, but then I figured out he did that main event show and then didn't do anything else. Well, maybe they're um, saving him for this special attraction. Yeah. So he was like on television that night and then they were also in Cleveland on the. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's kind of like, our, it's kind of like our boy George from demons. You know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't show him right away. We eased him into the main event towards the end. Right, because you can't throw just George in there immediately. Exactly, that you can't. Yeah, can't do that. Yeah, you don't want to give it away. Um, you don't want to give away the the box office attraction. Okay, come on now. Yeah, and it does actually. Now that I read this thing, it does say shown October the fifth, nineteen eighty five, on NBC. So NBC aired uh, a flag match with Hulk Hogan and Nikolai Volkov. Um, oh and, yes, um, oh yes, can- oh yes, the famous flag matches in wrestling. Oh. Allison, can you explain to the audience what is a flag match? <laughs> so, so typically, a flag match involves. Um, usually, they will have. Um, I haven't seen one in a while, so may, I may get this wrong. But yeah. usually, they will have the flag posted somewhere. Yeah, and then two people. One of them is always a foreigner. <laughs> yeah, and therefore evil. And the other one is usually Hulk Hogan. Yes. In the 80s, but now it could be someone else, I suppose. Well, I don't but think they can do the f- flag matches nowadays. Like, people would just probably get I, offended by it. Yeah, people would lose their minds if we did a flag match now. Yeah. Um, there would there would be people on both sides now, whereas, you know, but before you wouldn't have that. Like, if we had, like, a Russian flag and a pole match, there would be people talking about how... I'm Russia's pretty sure the last time we had a flag match, unless, unless it had something to do with that Vladimir Kozlov... I'm pretty sure, like, the last time we had a flag match is probably um, when uh, Brett was doing his whole um, Canadian thing. That's I mean, what I was thinking. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's the only thinking. one I could think of. I think it was, like, was it Austin versus Brett or Austin versus Owen? One of them had, like, a flag match. So. But how do... Mm. Allison, how do we win a flag match? What kind of uh, you, tricks of the trade do you have to do to win this this rare wrestling match? Well, if I remember correctly, you have to uh, grab the flag, correct? Correct. Yes. You have, you have to grab inc- you have the to, flag. You have to incapacitate your opponent so he cannot <laughs> move, and he has to give up either old glory or whatever flag that his, his – I mean, what, a, what, a, what a slap in the face of some baby face or he'll just grab your flag and, and then spits on it or, or denounces it. How dare they? Exactly. In this match, Hulk Hogan um, cleaned his shoes with the flag when he when he got it. What? Wow. Um, but back then, though, back in the eighties, that's like, yeah, brother, you better clean that yeah. damn shoe with the flag. Who did he fight? Exactly. Was it somebody from the Orient? No, it was Nikolai Volkov. Ah, Russian. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it was the Russian flag. And uh, the thing about it is, if you go back and watch uh, the pro- Hogan's promo on you uh, before the before the match, it's it's almost like you can tell it's starting to fall apart. The, the Hulkamania thing, like he's still. Hulk, you know, he's still Hulk Hogan and he's still like, you know, say your prayers, need your vitamins. And I can't remember what the other demandments were, but, um, he, but, but he's wearing his headband 
but it's like falling down over one of his eyes. So it looks oh, like yeah. an eye patch and it just looks like it just didn't work very well for this. For well, this what we'll do is we'll post that on the Facebook so everybody can uh, check so out the classic the flag. Match. Yeah. The flag Hulk Hogan promo brother. So has anyone, has the United States ever lost a flag match? Fuck. I mean, the only time that I could see them losing a flag match, if it was done at, not in the United States. Oh, well, yeah, but we're the only people that do flag matches. I, I can't yes. imagine there's a Japanese flag match or a Mexican flag match. But, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure we're the only people that care enough to do flag matches. Um, the only thing I could yeah, think I don't of. Know, unless Bret Hart won his flag match, I can't imagine that in, there was that, uh, the United States has ever lost a flag match. The only thing I could think of is if they ever did, it would probably be during the era where we had the Un-Americans. Do you remember that stable? That glorious stable? Um, briefly. Uh, who was in that? It was Test, William Regal, Landstorm, and Christian. What a group. Oh, weird. Yeah, how did Test... Is Test Canadian? Yeah, he's Canadian. Oh, okay. I was about to say, how did he end up in that? But, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, he was Canadian, yeah. So... But yeah, I mean, wow, a flag match with with our boy Hulk Hogan, getting it done, brother, for the U.S. of A. All right. So the one I have is going to be for the release date of of um in America. All right, and it's going to be May thirtieth, nineteen eighty six. It's going to be in Houston, Texas. It is a one night tournament. It was held the crown, the first ever. You check this one out. Check see if this sounds familiar. Universal Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion. No, I'm not talking about Reigns over here. Okay. It was in the finals. It was Terry Gordy. He was victorious against Jim Duggan, and he would hold the belt, brother, until injury forced him to vacate it in November of the same year. So we have Terry Gordy has your Texas Heavyweight Universal Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, brother. So that's what happened right when this movie hit these little shelves at your at your movie theater. So, you know, wow. we have Terry Gordy, which is obviously part of the Freebirds. We have Jim Duggan, which was Mr. I mean, I'm surprised he wasn't. He's probably had been in a bunch of flag matches. <laughs> that's like his main gimmick. I was about to say, that's like, that's like his thing, right? Yeah. Surely he's done a bunch of flag matches. And let's just say that this match is not going to be a Luthes classic but it's definitely going to be a barn burner because these guys were definitely laid it in and they definitely probably got the crowd going. So I'd say this has been a pretty good um, show to go to in the Trans Am. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, it would. Now, I think I'm better than that uh, Hogan match for sure. Well, you know, the Hogan match, I mean, the thing about Hogan, though, he always had the energy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like he's always out there. He got the, the crowd pumped and, you know, he was. It, it's like you know, it's like seeing a big star and then the whole crowd just going crazy over them. So that's really fun. But if you want to see some like, you know, wrestling, down and dirty punches, you know, kicks and and fighting, that that match would definitely be something to see between Terry Gordon and, and um, Jim Duggan. So definitely some good wrestling stuff going on around the release date of Demons. You know, not a whole not a whole lot of action going on here, but we got some shit. We got some stuff going. But let's talk about the the music side. So obviously this 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 particular so I really like it when horror movies have like their own soundtrack. I've always been a big fan of like even movie soundtracks. You know, sometimes oh, we get a couple. Sure, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we get a couple rare songs 
you know, from a couple bands maybe on there or like a or like a song, you know, built to it. I think the first ever soundtrack that I got for myself was The Crow, the first ever Crow. I love that soundtrack. And the other one I got that I remember getting was also the soundtrack to, to Underworld as well, too. And those okay. soundtracks have always been my favorites. You know, not counting the uh, Black Roses soundtrack that we that movie reviewed. I love that soundtrack too. But you know, I really like I really like you know when when we can mix the 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 horror movie or the movies within like the rock music too, and, and kind of merge them together. And this fucking album is like great. I mean, we got all kinds of tracks over here. So, do you want to talk about some of the bands we got going on in this tra- soundtrack? Oh yeah, this was like the. Uh the height um, of 1985 metal and uh, hard rock music for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, you had Billy Idol with white wedding. Fantastic. Which, you know, perfectly fits this movie, right? Yes. And I like, um, right, yeah. I like right when they played it too, when we saw the kids right. driving, oh, it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. And then uh, you had um, Saxon was on it. We talk about Saxon a lot. Saxon yep. returning to the retro blood. Everybody's uh, up. Then you brother. had, yeah. Right, exactly. And then you had um, uh, Motley Crue with Save Our Souls, which, so this song came out, so Save Our Souls is on Theater of Pain, which came out in June of of 1985. And so this was like, Motley Crue was, mm, I wouldn't say they were an unknown band at this time, but they were definitely not as big as they are now or as big as they got when Girls, Girls, Girls came out. So this was kind of, Motley Crue was kind of almost like like a, you know, like a, I'm trying not to use the word underground because they're not, they weren't, they were definitely headlining, but they were like a not as well known band to be on a soundtrack. So it was probably cheaper for them to be able to get, uh, you know, to get uh, the crew on this soundtrack than it would be a couple of years later. Yeah. So, but they do uh, Save Our Souls, which is one of my favorite songs from Theater of Pain. Nice. They also have like Rick Springs Springfield. Yeah, Rick Springfield's on it too. <laughs> huh. yeah. It's almost like they just picked whatever American or like English speaking like rock and roll they could get. Well, they really like this or guy Claudio. Yeah, so yeah, well Claudio Simonetti, he was the guy, he was the keyboard player in Goblin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so he was the keyboard player in Goblin and he you know, he did Goblin did a lot of Argento soundtracks. Yeah, and Dario Argento is is deeply involved in this movie. Um, but he did a lot of um, he did a lot of Argento soundtracks. But he had left. Uh, Goblin had broken up by this point, so he was doing stuff on his own. And he had done. Um, I can't remember if it was before or after this. It was before this for sure. He did um, the the soundtrack for Argento's Phenomena. Um, and then he did this soundtrack, which I really like. The sound, the Seminetti soundtrack's really good. That track, Demon, the opening track, is is pretty awesome. So that dan, 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 that's really really cool song. Yes. So and Goblin played that when I saw them a couple of years ago. Oh, so you seen Goblin? Yeah, they came uh, they came locally here doing Suspiria, the Suspiria soundtrack. So they played the movie behind them, like the entire movie but they played the music part live in front of the audience. So they kind of stood on a stage at the peel and then you watch the movie. And then when like the music cues were to happen, they just played them live on the stage. It was really awesome. Nice. I think I've seen Goblin too, to, 
to, to tell you the truth because I think they came to one of the Texas Frightmare weekends and was playing. They, yeah, they they did. They came to Austin, I know. Um, but Frightmare is in that's in Dallas, right? Yes. Yeah, so I know they played in Austin, and then they played. Um, they did the festival that um, Phil Anselmo runs. There's like a horror movie festival that Phil Anselmo did in Texas, and I know they played that one. Hmm. Um, that might have been the one in Austin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 for a while there they were doing a lot of uh, um a lot of horror conventions. Now there are two different goblins uh, that currently exist. Um, so there's the goblin that you probably saw is most of the original members except for Claudio Simonetti. Oh, okay. And the goblin that I saw is Claudio Simonetti and a bunch of other people. No, because the, the one I, I, so this one happened, I just pulled it up. It actually happened at the gas monkey. And it says, you know, to see Claudio, you know, Claudio's Goblin performing the score to Dario Geno's classic Deep Red. Okay. Yeah. So that was the same band that I saw. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm um, yeah, that, they brought that tour here too, but it came, but it was on like Thanksgiving night and I couldn't go. Ah, nice. Like they played, uh, I think they played locally again on Thanksgiving night and I just couldn't go to it. So, yeah. So, so you saw the same band that I did where they're more like a, um, like a heavy, like a more metal version. Yes. Yeah, that was that shit's fucking great. Yeah, that was a great band. You know, I, you know, a lot of their music and stuff is just very good. Very. I think I met him too. I think he was uh, doing some signing autographs um, at Frightmare too one year. Or so. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I, said, I met them after the show. I got them to sign a CD and talk to them a little bit. <sighs> yeah, brother, good shit. Always time to rock and roll. So we also have a um, accept is on here. Do you know anything about accept? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I know that they're a really famous '80s hard rock band, but I'm not a huge fan. Um, I don't know a lot about them. I guess I, I like I like they're so. also known as they're also known as Band X. <laughs> band X. Yes. <laughs> hey everybody, are you guys ready to rock? Are you ready to go crazy? We have fucking Band X here, band brother. X. All right, he's gonna fucking rock your shoes off. It's like they couldn't think of a name, so they would call themselves Bandex. So yeah, we also have a, we also have Go West with your. You, we close our eyes. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's know a pop that. duo, I'm, brother. I'm guessing, I'm guessing they're like a synth pop band, kind of. Yeah, see these guys. One of them kind of looks like uh, Zach from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I bet he does. And we have Pretty Maids, a Danish hard rock heavy metal band. From so they they do night danger, so night danger. So it's a good soundtrack, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, night danger, Allison. Okay, this movie was made at nighttime, so we have to be dangerous at the nighttime. So yeah, everybody, you know, we, you know, like we were saying, you know, heavy metal and and horror movies just mix very well. I thought I thought this movie actually did actually that this movie just every when they put the scenes in of like the music. I thought that you know that's something that Italian horror films do very well is atmosphere, you mm. know, uh, gore is usually pretty good in Italian horror films that I've seen, and then music placement is very good. Um, what I've seen a lot of these films have. Yes, they they do. They 
things they do very well are all of those things. They do they do mood, they do music, they do gore, um, and I think they do story very well, but they don't do script very well. Or, or like, you know, like they like like Agento especially. I feel like he'll write characters into his movies, and then once they're not useful anymore, they'll just disappear. <laughs> Or like they get, they, or they like get their eyes, or they get their eyes chopped off, or, or that happens too. Into. Yeah. <laughs> How do we get rid of but, them? Uh, but, I bought the old eye gimmick. <laughs> they all, yeah. There's a lot of eye gimmicks for sure. <laughs> oh my god! Just like every every Italian film has an eye gouging. Like each, at least everyone I've seen. You know what I mean? You get it's like well, yeah. It's kind of like when you do a wrestling match, you gotta get your spots in. They're like, all right, well, what, what, what are we gonna do with this fucking guy? Well, it's like, ah, right, he's he's annoying. What are we? How about we just gouge his eye out? Oh, perfect. Add him in there, brother. Right, but because that's something that seems painful and it seems irreversible, and I think it's just something that's scary. It just scares people. Yeah, and they use it a lot. Oh yeah. All right. Well, before we get into the fantastic review of this movie, how about we talk a little bit about the making of this movie and a couple of the directors? I know Allison, you really wanted to talk about, you know, maybe a little bit of the making of the film, about some of the directors and stuff. Uh, what do what do you got for us when it comes to this Italian yeah. film piece? So I think it's in this movie especially it's important because the director is Lamberto Bava, who is Mario Bava's son, and Mario Bava was like a really, uh, a really really famous Italian director. He was even famous in the United States, but a lot of times they would release his movies or any Italian movie under a uh, pseudonym that sounded more American. Um, they did that originally when uh, with Leone when um, uh, Fistful of Dollars came out. They changed the title or changed his name to something more American sounding. Um, but yeah, so Bava uh, Mario Bava was really really famous. Like he's like a, you know, he was like I don't know, like incredibly famous, like an Alfred Hitchcock got famous. Like he's that famous. Um, and then his son, you know, made it started working in um, in film. Um, who and and Dario Argento, who was also a famous director at this point, was influenced by Bava Mario Bava. So he wanted to help Lamberto out. So this is one of the movies that he helped him with to get um, to get him kind of um, more known, I guess. Although he had been working for many years before this, but I don't think he was like famous at this point. He, he had been working as a writer. And he, but he hadn't directed a whole lot. And then he, and Demons was written by uh, Argento and his writing partner, Franco Farini, who wrote a lot of Argento's own films, um, which I think is weird because this is, I think this is a completely different kind of movie than Argento would ever make. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So, that. so there's a lot of people or a lot of people working on this that are like the best of Italian filmmakers all working together. Italian horror working together in like one, one movie. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something. I mean, you can tell just by looking at the poster. Like, obviously, Dario Argento's name is front and center, and then Lamberto is like at the, you know. So you could definitely tell that Dario put his name on here because he was probably a little bit more well known to the oh, yeah. to the horror o- audience, and then maybe the audience in general. And then he's just trying to help this guy maybe get a little bit more. You know, get a little bit more clout. You know, get a, get a little bit more. You know, show that what this guy can do. Basically, taking him under his wing, maybe a little bit, just to help him out a little bit. So, but um, some of the uh, some of the information I seen over here 
was apparently when Demon was released in Italy. It was released by um, uh, Titanus. And the film actually grossed more in Italy than the movie Cat's Eye, Silver Bullet, and of course one, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. So it outbeat all three of those. And of course, Silver Bullet is a um, uh, Stephen King movie. And of course, our boy, mm-hmm. of course, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street was, of course, the, ever, the, verse, the first ever review of Retro Blood. Check that out on mm-hmm. the archives. But it's just very interesting, you know, that a an Italian released film, you know, got more recognition than some of these hot U- U.S. films did. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in Italy, correct? In I mean, Italy, obviously. yes. Yeah, yes. obviously, uh, of course. Um, but yeah, even I don't. There is an uncensored version of this that exists, but it's never been released. I don't think. By the way, so the version that we saw was was the actual toned down version, believe it or not. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What the what the good old dubbing? With the oh yeah, so oh so that's something we could talk about too. Like we yeah. could talk about how um, I'll, I'll I mean I'll point it out a few times in the movie because it's really obvious in this movie. But um, so Italian movies, <clears throat> Italian directors, especially horror film directors, um would hire whatever actor they wanted regardless of what language they spoke and they would shoot the movie silent and the the actor was speaking whatever language he could speak so in some scenes you might have a guy you know a guy from america speaking english an italian actor speaking italian and a german actor speaking german and all delivering lines to each other in those languages and then they would just overdub them later um, in this movie, it's blatantly obvious that some of the characters are not speaking the same language. They did they didn't do a really good job of hiding that fact. Yeah, <laughs> some of them are pretty wooden, but you know that happened yes. a lot during this time. Like if you watch a lot of like foreign translated films from like the eighties, even early nineties too, like the dubbing actors, they just they just they do a lot better dubbing nowadays. Because they probably, you know, they, they put a lot more effort into it. But, you know, back in the day, there probably wasn't a big budget of like, hey, let's get a bunch of world-class actors to dub over this random horror film. You know what I mean? So, no. so they're probably like, whatever company they did, they, they did the distribution, they're probably like, okay, what kind of jabrones do we got over here to uh, fill in these uh, <laughs> fucking uh, gaps over here so we can get this movie released? So... But reading some of the stuff that, you know, so it looks like, um, I didn't realize that, um, was it Lamberto? Yeah, Lamberto, yeah. His dad actually did uh, Black Sabbath? Yep. That's a great movie, Black Mm -hmm. Sabbath. And he also did, uh, he did a bunch of really good movies, but yeah, he did Black Sabbath in the 60s. Yeah, I'm just reading about some of the uh, idea. It looks like like his son just came up with the like a like an idea you know for having like movie theater screens and attacked by the audience and stuff so like i guess like when he was like figuring out the whole development of the movie i guess he was going for that idea so yeah like yeah i think that he probably came up with the idea for it and then they wrote a movie around it um uh michelle suave worked on this too who would go on to be a kind of famous director and actor in italy so it looks like Demons was shot in nine weeks in June and July of 1985. It was shot on on location in Berlin. 
all right, mm-hmm. at the uh, at the uh, CIR studios in Rome. The idea to have the demon eyes glow in the film came to Bava on set, who has said when filming a scene where the demons a- approached the camera involved the actors wearing reflective paper, which caused the effect. So, you know, that happens a lot, you know, on films and, I mean, even my own experience too, like sometimes you have you have your stuff right, written out, what you want to do, but then sometimes mm-hmm. while you're in the moment, you're like, and then something happens, you're like, well, fuck, that was great, just keep it. <laughs> you know exactly so. and it does make a really good effect though um i mean the demons in the movie have very minimal makeup anyway um i feel like and at least except for their, their mouths but um yeah. but yeah i think that the glowing eyes like really made really made that well i thought the best and, and it's part it's really creepy yeah the best part is when they had the the fog and then they had the light behind them and then when they walked up with the glowing eyes like that was oh, always, that's so cool yeah yeah that's so cool so, yeah, a lot of cool stuff um, happening with this film. Um, you know, couple. Um, there's a couple great ideas just doing. Like I said, like this movie is very interesting just because it's you know it's to me it, I can only think of like one film that comes to mind when you have a film taking place within a movie theater. So definitely, and there could be more out there. It could be audience be like, yeah, you fucking idiot, you forgot about so and so. My bad. But this is the only one that comes to mind when I think about it. Is demon so yeah that movie popcorn did that take place in a movie theater i mean probably it's called fucking popcorn <laughs> maybe, <laughs> that's what i'm thinking maybe it was taking- i can't remember <laughs> i haven't seen it in many years but i think that took place in a movie theater too yeah like i know there's a couple ones that take place like maybe like near a movie theater and stuff or like you know they have a couple movie theater scenes in it but this is the only one i could think off the top of my head like the the main movie like it's i mean we're, i'm talking about like the the whole movie is basically in this movie theater we only had like a couple yeah. scenes that were like outside of it so mm. but if you're ready i'm ready let's talk about demons let's do it the preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before it is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning, if you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. Otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons? With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. All right, everybody. We we have arrived. We're in the 80s. All right. We're in Berlin. All right. And, and everybody, we are on a train. And this train is playing some 80s music. And like we said earlier, this music is all great. Like, it's like, you can definitely... The, I always like the 80s horror movie 
uh, I guess, like ambient music. You know, that, that music that goes along with the film. Yeah, the score. The score, yes. Uh, it just, th- th- I, you know, the, I like the 80s version of those. I always think that they're a little bit more creative. They get you pumped. You know what's happening. So, definitely fun. So, we see the main girl on the train. Her name is going to be Carol. All right, or Cheryl, my bad, Carol. Cheryl. <laughs> Her name is Cheryl, all right? And she is, you know, just hanging on this train stuff. We see some, we see a bunch of shots of a different people. We see some punkers. We see some old people. Uh, we see, a, we, and, the, and she sees a little glimpse in, in, the, in, the, in the train. It's, and at first I was like, is that the Phantom of the Opera? What the? <laughs> <laughs> like, here he is, this phantom guy. So this phantom guy is around there. Um, the train eventually stops. Everybody gets out. The main girl, Cheryl, she is like looking nervous. Like, it's just like doesn't realize that people, when they stop trains, they leave. They don't actually stay around and look at each other in the fucking, uh, <laughs> train port. So she's leaving. Eventually, our boy, Phantom, like, kind of like walks to her and runs to her slowly. She runs. <laughs> she keeps running away. She runs away. And eventually, she runs into him. And this guy, I mean, like, it was, he kind of looked like the T-1000. That's what I was thinking. He looked like the Terminator. <laughs> because he had, like, a face, right? But then there was a bunch of metal on his other face. And at first, right. I, was, I, fr- half, yeah. and at first I was like, okay, is that a mask? But then I was looking, I was like, no, that's part of his fucking skin. And I was like, what the fuck? Is this guy like the T? What, what the hell is going on here? What they got going on in Berlin? Is that like a fashion style I didn't know about? And he's just handing out a bunch of tickets. And then this girl, like, she's not scared anymore. She's like, oh, oh, sir. Oh, my friend needs a ticket. He's like, okay, here you go. Right. So she, so she, so this guy won't talk to her at all. Like he says no words in this whole movie. She, he, she runs into him and he gives her a ticket. Yeah. But then she so she's so terrified of this guy that she decides she needs to ask him for a friend to take it to. Yeah. And I like, I like how she's all like, are you dressed like that for the film? And he just doesn't say anything. Just walks away. (laughs) Like she's terrified of him, but oh, you're gonna give me something for I think, free? I think it'd be funny. Like nowadays, he'd be like, "No, bitch, that fucking uh, that's my look." <laughs> you got a problem with that? <laughs> oh, this guy. So eventually, uh, Cheryl, she now meets up with her friend. Her friend is named Kathy, and she's like, "Hey, Kathy, I know we might have had some plans, but hey, I got this free movie ticket. This is our plans have changed now. I don't know what we were doing. So their plans was to meet Miss." Um, Miss Buckus. All right, I'm not really sure what Buckus was. Maybe it's like their teacher or something. But they were going to go meet her about something. But they said, screw Buckus. All right, we're going to go to this film. And then Kathy hopes it's not a horror movie. Oh, boy, was she wrong. Yes. So in this scene, this is this one scene that I know stands out very well. So uh, Paola Cozo, the, la- the woman that plays Kathy, is definitely not speaking English. But um, yes. the girl that plays Cheryl is <laughs> like you can tell that it's it um, that Natasha Hovey's definitely speaking English to the other actress, and then she's speaking back in like Italian or something. So I got a question for you, Allison. Yeah. Um. Did they ever do dubs for the uh, Italian horror films, or they only do like um, voiceovers? No. A d- well, a dub. You said you mean a oh, sub? I mean sub. My bad. My oh, my bad. Rarely. I rarely okay really really rarely so like when i in the end of the 90s when i first started going to horror conventions and stuff 
I used to look for un since I'd seen all these movies ed- mostly edited. I was looking for unedited bootleg versions of these Italian films, and I would always want to see the subtitled version. And it's almost impossible to find. Um, so if you watched it in Italy, then yes, it would be dubbed in Italian. But by but as an in an English speaking country, getting an, a version with an Italian soundtrack has been really hard. Although it's more it's more um, it's more prevalent now. So like yeah. the, the in the last few years, the like Synapse when they put out Demons, I think you can watch it in Italian, and a lot of the Argento ones you can watch in Italian. Um, but it's it's really really rare. Um you know, to be able to find, or has been really rare to be able to find an Italian version. Yes. And now this is when we actually see the theater called Metropool. Which is a real building, by the way. Yes. And apparently it's an isolated and recently renovated local cinema. Oh, okay. It is there. Because we have a, when we go inside the theater, we actually have an old guy, his name is Frank. And yep. Lay's like, oh, he brought me to a date. You know, Frank over here to the cinema. I was like, I didn't even see it here before. It's like, yeah, I think they just renovated the place and everything. And so they're, they, they're checking in, and then they're hoping the movie's going to be good. All right? So we're having people, you know, check into the films and everything. And um, so this is also, too, when we see the Demon Biker display. And I and when we actually got, like, shots of this theater, I mean, this fucking place looked awesome. Like, I didn't see no theater like this. You know what I mean? Like, I thought right. this feeder looked really cool. Um, so we also have the, the usher or the, the main... It looks like the only employee of this movie theater was, like, this redhead girl. All right? And she looked like she was, like, you know, the only employee that basically worked there. And I didn't see no fucking popcorn. So <laughs> I don't know what kind of theater this is going on right now. But they did have a soda machine. They did have a soda machine, yes. All right? And during this soda machine, uh, Cheryl cannot get out her soda. So this is when we have George and we have uh, uh, Kevin or Ken, my bad. We have George and Ken help out our two lovely ladies of Cheryl and Kathy get their soda. And then they start talking a little bit to each other. So, and then of course, you know, the guys were talking about the bike and then they see the girls help out with the soda as well. And this is when we have a blind guy, all right? And he starts touching some of the masks and stuff. And then he, he kept saying, Liz, Liz, tell me what this is. Tell me how this is, Liz. Tell me how it is. All right? So we're, we're establishing all of our characters. Yeah. So the blind guy gets his free movie ticket and goes to the movies. Yes. But he has Liz there to explain everything that happens in this. Yes, exactly. To all these random things that are in the, the, uh, the lobby. Yes. Which I thought at this point, it was like, this is just random shit. Like, there's a dirt bike <laughs> yes, and and a mask well, and just, like, random stuff. So, yeah, I, right now it's just random stuff, but it comes to be more prevalent once right. we see the movie. Exactly. It's basically supposed to be movie prompts. And this is when mm-hmm. we get my favorite character, Tony. All right? And we get Rosemary, <laughs> and we don't ever get Rosemary's friend. We don't ever get the other girl. I'm just going to call her uh, uh, the, the pimp, ep- uh, the, the, the lady of the night. Okay, is uh is the Tony's other girl, and this is what wrote Hannah. No, no, no. Hannah is some. No, Hannah is a, a different girl. 
Okay. So yeah, so we have Tony and we have Rosemary, but then their friend. They never they never told us what the friend name was. So we're just gonna name her either the friend or we're gonna call her the Lady of the Night. All right. Because Rosemary, this is when she actually tries on the mask, and she's like playing around with it a little bit, and apparently the mask cuts her. All right. And then this is when we all get our seats, and we're about to be watching the movie. And of course, uh, Cheryl and Kathy are like, oh, I bet those guys are going to sit by us. And of course they do. (laughs) Of course they do. Yep. All right. So this is when the movie starts. It starts off with the guys and motorcycles coming up to a grave. And this whole movie had to do with the storyline of these kids going to a uh, kind of like a tomb, an old tomb. To, to dig up the grave of 16th century fortune teller called <laughs> Northerdamus. <laughs> yeah, I, I so I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out. So I haven't yeah. seen this movie in many, many, many years. So it kind of hit me a little different this time. But like, so, and I'm sure this was something we'll discuss, but like the, the plot of this movie they're watching is utterly ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> That's the plot. So the plot it has is we, to be on purpose. Yes, the plot is we have a group of kids. No, they're not going to a lake. No, they're not going to uh, a house party or anything. No, they're going to the tomb of Northodonist. They might say that right, Northodonist. Nostradamus. What did I say, Northodonist? <laughs> you said Northodonist, like he's like an orthodontist <laughs> from up north or something. <laughs> Bro, you want to get sued? Okay, I don't want to do copyrights. Okay. <laughs> I don't think Nostradamus <laughs> is going to sue us. You never know. He's a fucking fortune teller. I don't know what that's, he's going to well, do. That's true. Good point. All right. So our, so these kids are going there, and they're all talking about, like, the. it's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. You know, we just got to figure out these secrets. And they kept going on about what this guy's power is. And I like one part where people are talking. The old guy, old guy Frank, is like, shut up. <laughs> all right. And this is when the blind guy's like, Liz, what's happening? What's happening right here? <laughs> What's happening, Liz? And Liz is explaining the movie to her father. And of course, this fucking guy is like, Liz, every five seconds, he must be driving this girl nuts. All right? And then we got our boys, Tony, Rosemary, all smoking up, having a good time. And then he's all like, um, he's like, Liz, Liz, are you scared? She's like, yes, I am. I was like, fuck, they just got to the fucking grave. Like, what's scary about this? <laughs> the movie just started. Yeah, we have all the guys. And oh, and then out of nowhere, right when Liz says she's scared and everything, there's like this like like middle-aged dude with a skullet that's sitting right next to her in a suit. <laughs> all right. And yeah, then that was, and then all, that was uh, sick. Yeah, while this is happening, we hear like voices in the background. I didn't capture everything the fucking movie was saying. But basically they're going through the tomb and they're trying to like I said, find the find the tomb of this fortune teller. No Sir Dramas. All right. Uh, so that, then we got, uh, they're all talking about, this is when we get to the crypt part. They're all talking about the crypt and everything. Uh, they said, like, the crypt has a seal on it. They can't break the seal. They're trying to break the seal. Um, this is when uh, George and Cheryl, they're like, you know, this is when they all meet each other. Like, hey, I'm George. This is stuff like that. So they're introducing their names. You know, they, they, they're they basically George and Ken are trying to see if the two girls are scared so they can kind of like cuddle up a little bit. All right. And, and then this is when we see uh, 
there actually is a scene of Hannah. She's one of the girls. She is making out with um, her boyfriend. She, Hannah is making out her boyfriend uh, during this scene too. So we're, we're kind of like establishing all of our characters over here. All right. Yeah, that's that's who Hannah is. Yeah, Hannah is played by Dario Argento's daughter. Oh, okay. Not Asia, but the other one, the older one. Yeah, so then eventually they open up the tomb. They find an old book. All right. And this is all the readings of, of, of our fortune teller, all his demon magic and his book and stuff. <clears throat> and this is when the demons are... <laughs> so, uh, one of my favorite parts in this movie... Like, not, not... Okay, so in this movie and then the movie that we're watching right now. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, there was a part in the action movie that everybody is watching is... The guy finds like he finds a book. We also find like a little mask. It kind of looks like the same mask that we had from the um, on display, and he puts it on. And then one character's like, he's like, "Don't put that on. Uh, uh, don't wear that." Uh, so basically, he, he first he goes, sorry, first he goes, you know, demons are evil, and he's like, "Oh yeah, whatever, demons are evil and stuff." He puts on the mask. He's like, "Don't wear that mask." And he's like, why? Because the book says don't wear that mask. <laughs> I was going to mention that to you. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, it says something like, like the book says, he's like, um, he's like, the book says that if you wear that mask, you'll become possessed by a demon. And yeah. the other guy's like, how do you know that? And he's like, the book says if you wear that mask, you'll be possessed by a demon. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you that's shit. a real line in that's this a, movie. That's a real nine. There's a couple, there's a couple dub lines are in this movie or something. And that was one of them. <laughs> shit if I would have been token up with our boy Tony I'd been laughing at that line that's for sure and he's all like you know demons are evil and shit like that um, he's like you know you, if you wear that mask you become an instrument of evil uh, so basically it says like if you get on the mask if you get it slit on your cheek alright you, you will, cont- you will you'll be contaminated and then you'll be contaminating the world all right. mm-hmm. and that's a really cool looking mask too yeah and then like uh, cemeteries will be your, con- your cathedrals and tombs oh, will be so your cool. yeah. cemeteries will be your cathedrals and tombs will be your cities that's fucking that kind of reminds me of like an undertaker line <laughs> yeah that's a great that's, that's so cool yeah cemeteries will be your cathedrals and then, like, while this is all happening, this is like, hey, you know, they go to the Rosemary and says, hey, isn't your cheek got cut too? You know, it's kind of like the kind of like the movie. And she says it's starting to bleeding and stuff. Um, and then she's like, she says, like, okay, let me just go to the restroom and I'm gonna like, you know, clean it up and stuff. And then eventually, the other girl, the, the lady of the night girl, she's all like, hey, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, she has like cut. It's kind of like the movie. And uh, don't you think, Tony? It says like, yeah, that's a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we have Rosemary. She's now gone to the restroom. Um, and then eventually, um, she like you know makes herself up and everything. And this is when we first see that the the womb is opening and is becoming and eventually pops. All right. Yeah. So there's a lot. This is this is a thing that particularly grosses me out yeah like things like this and this movie's full of them like um like what well i guess what you would call body horror or things that are wrong with your body that could happen to a real person 
Like this movie has a lot of that in there, and that stuff just freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. So like, yeah, like when that whole like cut on her face is like, uh, you know, expanding or whatever, and then it like pops. Oh, it's so gr- it's so nasty. Yeah. It's so gross. And then uh, you know, during this too, like while while her her face pops, it's it's happening on the movie they're watching as well too. So it's kind of like they're going side by side. So Tony he wants to know what happened to Rosemary. And the girl's like, you know, I'm not sure. And then she's like, I'm going to go check on her. And he's all like, well, don't you go disappear too? All right. And then the other girl, she goes looking for Rosemary. And she goes in there. And then she eventually sees, she goes through all the stalls and everything. She doesn't find her. She eventually finds Rosemary in the stall. Rosemary turns around. And she has now been turned into a demon with green Mm. slime in her mouth. Gross. Okay. And then Dean Rosemary grabs and they start fighting a little bit. And then while this is happening in the movie that they're watching, um, we have a couple scenes that happen where somebody turned into a demon, they're running away. And then I guess whoever turned into the demon in the film has a knife. So it's like attacking them like with a knife. All right. And then this is when the, the girl who got attacked by Rosemary, the lady of the night, she gets stuck in some red curtains. And this is when we get the girl in the movies getting stabbed um, on this on this scene. So it's kind of like going back and forth, back and forth with the scenes. Yeah, kind of confusing. Yes. And then we have the girl, you know, she's hiding from the, the demon Rosemary. So this is when the blind guy, he can't find Liz. He's like, Liz, Liz, where are you? What's happening? What's happening in this film, Liz? And you know what Liz is doing? She left her fucking blind dad over there to get some by the skullet dude. Yep. Like of fucking all so random. Like who the fuck is this guy? All right, this skullet guy just comes up and he starts making out with Liz. All he's right? just a random character. It's a fucking random guy. He's just a random guy to get killed. <laughs> All right, so the blind guy, you know, he's just looking around there. All right, so while skullet guy is getting uh, getting it on with Liz, the freaking dad's like, "Answer me, answer me, Liz. Where are you? Where are you, Liz?" And then. What's happening during the movie that they're watching is some girls in a tent and they're fucking cutting up this tent to try to get her. It seemed like the scene took on forever too. It's like some sort of scheme from scream. All right. Right. And then what's happening is the other girl, the the lady of the night girl, is on the screen trying to pop through the screen. But right. you can't type so, it. To, go ahead. No, I was gonna say so yeah, so with this, like so I thought that this was actually, if this was intentional, this was actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, they're cutting through a tent, right? And yeah. then the the zombie there, the demon girl is trying to cut through the screen. And it kind of looks like she's like cutting through the screen while they're cutting through the tent. It's yeah. hard to describe what I'm saying, but it just looked really cool. Yeah. And then Kathy's like, man, those screams sound so real. <laughs> and I was like, nah, they're, they're fine. And then that, eventually the screen fine. rips open and they check on and the whole screen falls down and they eventually check on the girl. And this is when they see and this is when while this all is happening, Demon Rosemary comes up behind Skullet and Liz and starts choking Skullet guy out. There goes him and his two seconds of fame. Uh this is when Tony's like, This is my friend, let me check on her. Alright. <laughs> And this is when the demon, uh, demon Rose kills Skulla guy, and like it's weird with this scene too because she's like killing him while he's making out with Liz. So it's like, like 
He's they're still making out while the demon Rosemary is killing them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Damn, he's just like, fuck. It. He's like, I don't give a fuck if I'm getting killed. And I'm gonna get my piss. All right. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not giving up this chance. Yeah, not giving up this chance. He's like, look at me. I got this fucking skullet. I had this fucking. I, I can tell him. Yeah, this is this is my one and shot only. Um, and then this is when uh, Cheryl, you know, she's apologizing for coming, you know, for, for bringing them to this movie and stuff. They didn't know it was going to end up like this. <laughs> you mean that a demon was going to kill them? Yeah, exactly. They didn't know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. 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 There were demons here. And then, I, I and then what does our boy George notice? He's like, look at her fingernails. <laughs> Good, th- thanks, George. We appreciate it. We know her fucking thanks for point. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. And then, of course, the girl turns into a gem- demon, and you know she turned into a demon because she has the green slime. Yep. And this is when we see... Uh, so this one also, too, has, like, a weird tongue. It's just one of those, like, you know, 1980s demon tongues that's mm, coming everywhere. Yeah. My boy Tony is like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I, this guy Tony, had, like, one of the funniest, like, voice overs you know he his wasn't as worse as ken i I don't know who the fuck did ken voice over in this movie but this guy had no emotion and when he tried to do emotion it sucked (laughs) well sometimes they were done by their own um by themselves yeah like if they spoke english he may have done his own but like that actor i'm not sure who that is um you might know better uh, than me i mean i could try to look i mean i could try and look that up while um, while we're talking about this, but, um, but yeah, it, it's like a lot of times or not, maybe not a lot of times, but sometimes if the in- actor spoke English, they would do their own overdub. Um, but that didn't always happen. Yeah. So this is also too, when we see some like morphing the teeth and Tony's like, everybody get out, run, go hide. That really freaked me out by the yeah. way. Oh, the teeth one? Like yeah. that. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's like, this fe- like a like a fear that I have of like teeth falling out or something, mm-hmm. um, which may have actually come from this movie. I'm not sure, but like when when her mouth is transforming into the demon mouth and it's like pushing her teeth out to being replaced by the demon fangs. Yeah, it's like holy shit! Like it's just so like it's it's just so nasty and it's just so like it just it's not even scary is not the word. It just creeps me out. Like I just have like 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 goose pimples like all over my body yeah. when that's happened well the one i got uh, the, the goose pimples were was when the demon takes like the, the the kevin the older guy's throat and just fucking slashes it open i was like oh anything that does anything that has to do with like the throat always like freaks me out so yeah, yeah. yeah this is when the blind guy he finds liz dead and then the demon we get our first italian eye poke Woo-hoo! He fucking pokes the blind guy's eye out. It was Rosemary. Yeah, he pokes him. the blind guy <clears throat> in the eye. Yeah. Well, it was the Rosemary demon uh, plucked the blind guy's eyes out. Even though... Oh, there you go. And this is when we get thrash metal playing while everybody's running around trying to escape. I thought that scene was awesome. Like, I thought that went really well with, like, chaotic scene and this, like, fucking... Metal's going. It's probably Saxon that was playing, fucking going crazy. Saxon's playing when they're escaping from the roof. Oh, okay. I think it's except that's playing the other time. Oh, it's except right this one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, buddy, we're, we're they're getting accepting their fate. So they try to rip accepting down. They're trying to get out of the theater basically, and they're trying to rip the door down, and everything, but it's not working. 
And then Ibrunchi says, Tony's like, screams like, you know, quiet. You know, let, let's try to find like the, the emergency exit to get out of here. And then we have this blue dress girl. She goes into some like side off room and she turns on a light. And then once she does, once she does that, she gets her head pulled open by the Rosemary Demon. I thought that scene was really awesome too. That was awesome. Yeah. There's so much good gore in this movie. Yes. And this is when the guys, George and Ken, they actually, they see that happening a little bit and they lock the door. And then, like, we see, like, some of the, the people kind of look over to them. They're like, ah, oh, fuck them. Let's go somewhere else. And this is when uh, <laughs> Kathy and Cheryl, they they, um, they, they help. Uh, well, not, they, don't, they don't go somewhere else. They go grab the, the, the Coke machine. And they eventually use the Coke machine to, to bar, barcade the door and barcade that demon in there. All right? And then, and then, um, and then like, the one guy was like, man, I didn't think we would make it. And Kathy's like, it's the movie. This is why this happening is because of the movie. And Tony's like, yes. Yeah, we got to stop this movie from, 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 from getting, from being played. It's like, you know, hey, redhead girl, where's this fucking movie being played at? She's like, well, the, the, the projection room's like up top. It's like, okay, we hey, all got to go there and stop the movie. Hey, hey redheaded girl. <laughs> we didn't give her a name, so I just exactly. fucking named redheaded no, they didn't, girl. Right. They didn't give her a name. Half these characters don't uh, have a name. Yeah. So they run up to the projection booth. Yeah, then this one guy... Um, I think his name is Tony, is Hannah's boyfriend. He's like, I lost Hannah. Eh. No, it wasn't Tony. Tony was the other guy. Nope. This this guy, I forgot. It. The, the boyfriend of Hannah is basically like, oh, shit, I lost Hannah. Where where she go? And then, and then and Tony was like, fuck it. Fuck Hannah. Let's get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> so, and then this is when we see Hannah. She's crawling on the floor. So she's like crawling to the floor, trying to hide and stuff. So this is when... Um, the movie's still playing while, you know, while his hand's on the floor and everything. And then, you know, Tony, he wants to get into the projection room and he eventually busts open the door. Because they were trying to, like, trying to figure out how to get the door open. It's like, oh, fuck it, just bust in. And then I thought it was funny. <laughs> like, when he busts in, he's like, shit, another door. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he's like, shit, there's another door. <laughs> there's another door. <laughs> so then they eventually get into the projection room and it has, you know, so something also to the, the um, Italian movies do really good is the lighting. Oh yeah. Oh, for so sure. we have a nice pink. Well, it looked pink to me. What what color did it look? It looked like a nice pink lighting in this projection. And that's room. what I was thinking. It's got a yeah. It's like a yeah. It's it's cool, cool pink look. And apparently, there's nobody running this projection because they thought there was a couple people in there they could maybe just beat up and stop the movie. But no, the movie is running on its own. Yeah, it's automated. Really. So fucking, we don't need no fucking movie projector people over here. But we're going digital. Uh huh. Yeah, so movies are run today, straight digital. So our boy Tony is like, "Fuck it, smash everything!" <laughs> so they just start smashing everything, and then this is when Cheryl she sees the Phantom guy just like in in, in the uh, creeping around. Oh boy, here we go. We are now outside. Now it's downtown Berlin at nighttime. We're having some funky music playing. And we're having these kids dancing in the car, and they are drinking Coca-Cola. But that's not all they were doing with the Coca-Cola can. No, exactly. So this is back in the theater. The crew, um, they're going to the main... They're they're like, after they broke the whole projection, they're going into the main floor. So this theater had a a balcony, and then they had a a bottom floor. So they're in the balcony part of of the theater now. Um, 
and they and then this is when they see the blind guy just pops up and said uh, th that this um theater <laughs> this theater it kills it killed my little girl this theater is cursed and then and then tony goes up to the uh the dead liz and says like hey we gotta like get her away from here we gotta throw her out like throw her over the balcony and they're like well we don't want to do that like no man we can't do it it's like no we gotta do it we don't know if she's gonna turn into one of those things and it's just exactly. weird and then tony's like listen we could grab her feet let's pull her over just pull her over and they're about to do it and then before they do it bam a fucking demon attacks and then they eventually uh overwhelm the demon and then they um they throw the demon over overboard and then that demon like falls into a chair and he starts like fucking like melting on on poor hannah over here so she's having some demon melt on her uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> so i was like i was like shit <laughs> and then uh this is back in the city uh all the punk kids uh with their with their billy idol hair and their one earring <laughs> All right. yes, yes everybody if, if everybody was wondering where we got the one earring gimmick everybody's doing it now it's from this movie <laughs> it's from that it's from billy idol yes, from billy idol. so and i know that the listeners are going to be confused at this point because we're just introducing four new characters yes that we've never talked about before well these people haven't been in the movie before yeah like they they haven't talked about them in the movie whatsoever they're just these four kids yeah. that are driving around berlin for some reason they're just they're just driving around Berlin, and then they're storing Coke out of a Coca-Cola can. Out of a Coca-Cola can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, okay. And then, and then, like one of the ones, I think that one of the ones they call Rambo. He's like, man, this <laughs> shit will wake up the dead. I'm sure it will. <laughs> and then this is when Tony's like, we got to block off the way. We got to block off this place so you know no more demons come in. And then, um, and then Tony g gives like this kid his knife. He's like, here, take this knife. You might need it for security. Uh, and then, you know, after Tony, you know, he's saying something, um, you know, help, telling everybody to go, hey, you guys, hurry up, go a little faster. All right. He eventually, a demon pops up out of the balcony and grabs him and bites his hand. All right. And then he's like, give me that knife. Give me the knife. And then he starts stabbing the demon, everything. They start stabbing, stabbing him. And then the kid uh, who gave the knife to eventually pulls, pushes um, Tony and this demon over and they kind of hang from the balcony. And it's kind of like, just like hanging up. And then he eventually cuts the rope and then they fall down. So there goes our boy Tony. He is gone. Man, what a man. What, what yeah, a fighter. Tony was a cool character. Yeah. So um, the boyfriend now has find, found Hannah. All right. And then he's like, Hey, you know, you're hurt and stuff. Are you bleeding? She's like, No, I'm not bleeding. Are you bleeding? He's like he's like, Yeah, just a little scratch. So we know that this guy has a little scratch on him. Alright. We're back in the city. This is when we get the white wedding song playing with the kids snorting some more coke. Brother just going to town over this one. Uh -huh. <laughs> I can't get over that. That's just yes. I don't know. And Ripper. All right. Ripper. The main guy is mad for them spilling the coke. Okay. Yeah. Aren't their names like Ripper, uh, Hot Dog, and Baby Pig, and then yeah, yeah, something else? I can't remember what the other one's named. Yeah. Huh. Rambo. So, <laughs> so the crew is now blockading the door. All right. 
And this is when we get a kind of a cutscenes, like cutscenes and stuff. And then we have the uh, the punk crew; they're picking up the coke. And then Ripper, he wants all of it. He's like, "Listen, you motherfuckers, you fucking dropped all the coke. I want every last piece picked up." All right. And then they start yeah, making she fun dro- of him. The girl drops it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then this is when George and Kevin are kind of talking a little bit and seeing like, man, I hope this like stuff stop stops it. And one of them says like, yeah, man, I'm never, I'm never gonna take a free ticket no more. <laughs> I bet you won't. I bet you won't. So. All right. Um, and then they said like, and then it's like, okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna barricade ourselves and then we're gonna knock on this door. So if we make a bunch of noise, maybe somebody will hear us and we'll and they'll rescue us. All right. And then this is when we get back. Good plan. <clears throat> we got the blonde hair girl, the the blonde hair. Um, what was her name? The blonde hair punk girl. Do you remember uh, her name? Isn't it Nina? Yeah, Nina. 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 Yeah. Yeah. She shows like an old picture of herself for some reason. All right. And then this is just when she has a coke on her. This is when we see the whole coke and razor blade scene. She's getting like very hot and hot and like you know getting all worked up about this razor blade being on her on her tit. So yeah, there's like this going. weird, weird S and M scene where she's like getting yeah. excited about the razor blade on her boobs. Then he cuts it. Yeah, of there course. And then like, then they're like, because they're kind of parked outside the movie theater now. And then one guy's like, "Oh yeah, do you guys hear that noise coming from the movie theater?" He's like, "No, man, you just got coke in your ears." <laughs> <laughs> and then Kathy's like, "Stop! I think I hear something." And they're like, he says, it's nothing. He says, uh, we can't get through. And then she says, like, she's like, Kathy says, hey, I think I hear something. I think one of them is getting through. And and then the rest of the crew is like, no, we got this thing barricaded. Great. There's nobody getting through. And of course, there's one person getting through. (laughs) It's a blind blind guy. Shocking enough. Yes. So now we have... um, we have Hannah and her boyfriend. They're in the staircase, and they're like, "Hey, I heard some, uh, I heard some people up in the balcony and stuff. Maybe we should go to him." It's like, "No, no, no. We we can't we can't go find him or nothing. We got to get out of here ourselves." All right. And then there's eventually when they're the whole the other crew they're banging on the door so much that they actually break through and they said, "Oh, it's in a different room." So they eventually break down the wall to go to this different room. And then this is like, and then this is when um. Uh, Hannah and her boyfriend are like uh, they go to up to the gallery, and they're like, okay, we got to find like another way out. So they're trying to figure, we're trying to see like both both sets of crews um, might have a, another way out. So the crew that breaks through the wall, they eventually goes to this room, but the room is all full of bricks. So it's a fake room. It's a fake room full mm. of bricks, and all the girls start freaking out and screaming. Yep. Because now they're trapped. Yes, they're basically trapped in this movie theater. So now, after they realize this is happening, they they're back in the theater and they're kind of laying around and you know just waiting, just basically just waiting. This is when the police they roll up to the kids outside and they go like, "Hey, let me see your guys's uh, you know registration and ID." Kid, kid is like, rolls down the window. And it's all like, hey, you know, hey, yeah, y'all, don't problem, officer, you know, uh, I'll, I'll get that for you. 
And then this is when the kid, like, eventually when he was going to do that, he was trying to hardwire the car, and they, they couldn't do it, so he just ran out, and they start running, and the cops start chasing them. So they eventually outright out chase the cops, and uh, the door to the movie theater just opens for them, and they go inside. So. This is when we get Hannah. They're in an air vent. All right. And then what we see the kids, you know, the punk kids are going into the theater now. So now the punk kids have arrived at the theater and Hannah is now in an air vent. And the boyfriend is also in the air vent. So that's how they're trying to escape. And then Hannah and all of them are like saying like, okay, good. You know, we're finally going to make it. This is a great idea. And then uh, the boyfriend hears a noise and they're like, no, don't worry about it. Let's just get, let's go, let's go. And then this is like when all the punk kids are in the, the movie theater and they're seeing everything's emptying. And they're worrying about the noise where that was coming from, but they don't see anybody there. And then this is when the boyfriend hears the demon nails in the vent. Uh, and then this is when he fa- starts to freak out a little bit. And he's like, how how can this be impossible? How can the demon be in front of us? So we have a trickery demon on here who, who uh, got them in the air vent. Yes, it's a trick. Yes. Uh, this is when we see the more of the punk kids are kind of going through all the areas that we've seen already in the movie. They eventually move the soda machine. Uh, they don't see anything in that room. But the, the, the blonde girl, Nina, stays behind and puts on lipstick while looking at herself in the mirror. Yeah. And then you got to make sure you look good when you're running for your life. Yes. Well, granted, they don't know about the demons yet, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah they the don't know. Don't yeah, so while she's put on the lipstick, she eventually drops it and then bam. She gets attacked by the Rosemary Demon. Mm. And then this is when all the, they hear her scream, so they go try to go rescue her. And this is when we get the demon Tony and his other demons walking up the staircase with their demon eyes and that, and that fucking fog in the background, the which fog. is a fucking cool scene. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And they start running after him and stuff, so we know some shit's about to go on. And this is when Cheryl, she hears some noise. And she's like, oh, help's coming from us. I can hear uh, re- the rescues are here. And then everybody's all like, fuck yeah, the rescue is here and everything. And they start taking Yay. down the whole barricade and everything. And George is like, no, whoa, hold on a second. What are you guys doing? Like, don't do that. Like, well, what's going on here? Stop it. And he's trying to stop them everything. And um, and then th- this is when the, the demons, the ones that came up from the staircase, they all start cornering uh, the punk crew. Besides our blonde-haired girl, because she's been taken out. So, so why this is happening? While well, while everybody thinks they're being rescued, because they heard some of the the cop sirens out there. Oh, we didn't mention too. So the cops were out. They're about to get the punk kids, and they were looking around, and they eventually found the blind guy outside, but the blind guy turned into a demon and attacked the cops. So this is actually a big point in the movie. Because, well, we'll get to that point. But but let's just just remember, we, after the kids, the punk kids came into the movie theater, the cops got attacked by the blonde, the blonde, the blind the demon blind, the blind guy. Demon. Yes. Right. So when everybody's back in the movie theater, taking up all the barricades and stuff, eventually they don't. There's not a rescue. A bunch of demons just start attacking everybody. So they attack the redhead girl. They attack a bunch of other people we didn't know about in the films, and everybody's basically being turned into a zombie. Or, or demon, a demon possessed demon creature with with teeth and fucking uh, blood coming out of him and everything. And during the Blown melee, eyes. 
yeah, during the melee, uh, George, Ken, Cheryl, and Kathy pretty much escape. All right, so they, we have a bunch of melee going on with people getting attacked. Like the red hair got attacked. She's gone for good. Everybody was just dying left and right. Like boom, 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 boom. All these characters are just all being turned. All right, and then during this stuff, um, you know, eventually when Ken, George, and Cheryl and all of them leave, uh, Kathy, she faints. All right, and then Ken's like, oh, I think she fainted and everything. And then when they eventually get her and stuff, um, they, they're, they're like kind of like walking and getting away from all the melee happening. And they eventually find the uh, vent that Hannah and all of them went up to. And their, their, their idea is like, okay, you know, Kathy could barely walk because she fainted. How about we put her up there first? And then Kathy, she starts acting a little weird, sweating everything and everything. And then eventually she turns, brother. She turns into a demon. All right. Mm-hmm. And then they start attacking her a little bit back and forth. Eventually, Ken, who was like sweetening up to her, he's the one just beating her ass <laughs> when she was a demon. And this is when we have the scene where like a demon pops out of her back. Oh, yeah. And then like they're just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and so while this is happening, like the, the Ken guy's kind of looking at it, but he gets scratched by that demon that came out of their back. And then he's like, oh, fuck, I got scratched by this demon. Like, I'm pretty much a goner. Because he's seeing what's happened when people even get touched or scratched by the demons. They they, they turn. So he's mm-hmm. like, leave me alone. Get me out of here. I'm like, I just want to be out of here. Get away from you guys. And this is when um, George and, and Carol see him. And he's basically laying by the uh, the bike. So the, it's like a bike. And there's a guy on there with a samurai sword and the, um, the, the, the helmet. All right? And Kent's like, you know, I'm a goner and stuff. And George is trying to, like, help him out. He's like, no, George. He grabs the samurai sword. He's like, you have to kill me with this. They're coming, man. I don't want to turn into one of these things. You have to kill me. And, of course, George's like, uh, I don't know what to do and stuff. He's like, they're coming. You got to kill me. And then eventually he turns. And then George takes a swing and chops off his head. And then. Yep. And then audience out there. Allison out there, too. This is fantastic. Why do we even need Ash? I'm just going to ask that question. Why do we need Ash with his boomstick, his chainsaw for a hand, and his gun when we have fucking George with his samurai sword and fucking bike, brother? Because this guy was just fucking driving that bike all around, slashing up demons like it was no problem. Uh Uh-huh. It it just seems like when this scene was written, they were just like, you know what would be really cool? Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. If we just have... Somebody riding a motorcycle, chopping up demons yeah. with a samurai sword. And he did this forever. Like, he would just, like, fucking boom, boom, <laughs> yes. boom, boom. Okay, let me get these guys, too. Oh, you want some, too? Uh, and he had, like, great eye coordination, everything. Like, nothing was a problem. And, I mean, he eventually got fall, he eventually fell off the bike and stuff. But then when he fell off, he was still kicking ass. Yeah. He was just <laughs> kicking everybody's ass. All right? I was like, fuck, man, we don't need Ash anymore. We got the, what happened to George? How can we can amazing? Why can't we have? They need to do a crossover. Yeah, I know a crossover between George and Ash, the lights out match of the century. Who will win? Or they, or they, could just team up. Like they could have an Evil Dead movie where Ash is cornered by the Deadites, and all of a sudden here comes George on his motorcycle with a samurai sword and rescues him. Yeah, and of course, you know when when he falls off the bike too, he also like slashes up the redhead. That redhead girl, like I thought she was gonna be like play like a big part in this role because she was like the only person that was like the worked in the theater but she just yeah. she didn't know what's going on like everybody else 
I was like, yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't even know why she was there. I thought she was yeah. like part of the plot. Like she was one of the bad guys that are like, yeah, that started this whole thing. Kind of like fan of the opera guy. Yeah. But um, apparently not. Apparently she just works there. <laughs> yeah. So it's like fucking. So all we have basically left right now is um, George with his sword and we have yeah. Cheryl. And eventually yeah. after they, they, they pretty much pretty much just kick out all the demons asses. Um, they're hearing some noise outside the theater and then they hear, uh, no, uh, basically a helicopter falls through the fucking theater. So, <laughs> so I was going to, I was going to see if you could explain this to me. So is there something that I missed in this? Like, do they explain why a helicopter falls through the ceiling? Well, they don't explain it, but I think I know what happened. <laughs> All right. Okay. Tell us the backstory of how the helicopter falls okay. through the ceiling. So we'll find this out soon. But well, I can't say it without telling everybody to swerve. So let's okay. Uh, all right. Go. Well, well, we'll wait till we get to the swerve. Yes, okay. uh, and then I'll tell you why this helicopter fell off of the ceiling. Okay. So when this fell, helicopter is falling down, George and Cheryl they look around the helicopter, just like looking and stuff, pushing a bunch of bodies out of the way and all kinds of shit. And eventually, a demon started to like, swarm at him, and uh, they're having trouble. But he eventually hits the uh, the the you know the helicopter fin and actually chops up a couple of demons. Yeah, and then like George is like, "Listen, we can't stay here. We got to get up top of there on the roof." So fucking George over here comes, fucking randomly comes into MacGyver, okay, where he fucking <laughs> puts like a uh, makes like a whole like rope to to climb up on the roof. Like he found like a fucking sling, uh, like what do you call those things? Like the the hook shot. He put it on some wire, and then eventually they get lifted up to the top of the uh, movie theater. Um, yeah, he uses a winch. Doesn't the winch come mm. from the helicopter? Yeah, it comes from the helicopter, but he also uses yeah. the, uh, I guess, like the the line that did as well too. Yeah. So well, I all- mean, that's why the helicopter crashed to the roof because the plot needs it too. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they get to the roof, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Because now they have a hole. Yes, 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 yes. So they finally get it up to the roof. They're all like, kind of like sign for a little bit and then out of nowhere the phantom comes back and he pushes George off the roop and of course George grabs a you know we can't have him dead yet he fucking grabs a, a, a kind of like one of those roof uh, steel pipes that's kind of like hanging loose the phantom is laughing and uh, he pushes Cheryl away and then the, 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 the phantom's laughing at George and he's trying to like knock him down to have him like fall down and stuff and eventually uh, the the phantom forgets about uh, Cheryl, and he Cheryl eventually comes back and stabs his ass with that fucking hook. Yeah. And then, like, we can't have just one eye gouge po- poaching. We have to have at least a minimum of two. They fucking minimum of two, they yep. fucking grab this fucking T one thousand and they fucking put his eye in uh, the fucking uh part of the roof that's sticking up like this little like metal pipe thing that's sticking up and he just fucking jam his fucking eye through it i was like man those fucking guys are crazy <laughs> i was like what did he ever do was he on it i guess he was in on it our fucking phantom guess, guy yes but he literally did nothing he literally, he literally did nothing did nothing except hand out the tickets he all he did was hand out tickets appeared in a couple mirrors and then he tried to kill george for some reason and he was i guess he's been hanging out on the roof the entire movie yeah just like he's like fuck it, i'm just gonna hang on the roof <laughs> I guess he's like the he has okay, I get it. He's the Phantom of the Opera. That's that's pretty much what his oh, gimmick was. There you go. There you go. He yeah. was the Phantom of the Theater, yes. and he was uh, 
hanging out on the roof smoking and then all this happened and he decides to kill George. Yeah, and they're just like, and then they fucking poke his eye out. It's fucking killed his ass. And, and they don't even put it in his good eye. No, they had to put it in the, the fucking T-1000 side of his eye. Yeah. And then after this, we get our swerve. Yep. The whole town is now turned into demons. Yep. So this is what I was going to circle back. So the reason that the helicopter fell is because the whole town or town of Berlin has now been infected by the demon virus. And how did this happen? Well, it happened because the blind guy crawled out of the theater and he was already infected and then he infected the police and then the police infected everybody else and then bam, 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 it just trickles down. Yep, all in just a few minutes. All in just a couple minutes. So then we get some thrash. We got... That's Saxon when they're on the roof. Yes. We get some fucking Saxon painted it all down there. And this is when we get um, George and Carol just running through town. They're just running through the town. Uh, demons are flying everywhere. There's there's fucking fire. It basically looks like a thrash show. There's fire everywhere. There's demons hanging out everywhere. People are going nuts. And eventually they run into a family who has a Jeep. All right? And they're like, it's like, pop in and guys, get in. It's like, Jewel. All right? Get, get them some more guns. It's like, Kurt, show them where the weapons are at. Okay. So they get out and, and these, then... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, these are just random people. Like, yeah, they, random. These people haven't been in the movie at all. Yes. They just show up in this Jeep. They just show up in the guns Jeep. With guns and save them. It's just some random family who's trying to escape the apocalypse. And their plan is like, listen, we're going to be getting out of the city and going to the country. All right? That's our plan. All right? We're, we're going to be going west. It says like... <laughs> You know, where the lights in the sky, um, and we're gonna be making a new life out there, and, and and then we get some credits a little bit, and then we get our second swerve of the movie. Carol has turned into a demon, brother, and George has oh, to yeah. fucking knock her and shoot her down. He looks at her, and he's like, "Oh fuck it, I'll just get the next one." And then, and then we get some <laughs> demon music play, and then we are done with the movie. Everybody. Oh yeah. So, was this the first movie that had a, a mid-credits or an end-credit sequence? You know what? That 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 definitely that we reviewed, but for well, for well, sure that we've reviewed. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of a, a, another movie that had an end-credit sequence because this one, like you know, the credits are rolling and you think yeah. the movie's over, and then all of a sudden it has a swerve where you find out Cheryl's a demon and then the kid shoots her with a shotgun. Yeah. Well, you know, it's also too like you know we had that a lot in the in movies where you know you you know you, you think the movie's gonna end, but then bam, the demon pops back up or something happens. But you're right, this is like one of the first movies that we've seen that there's credits actually rolling and then this mm -hmm. stuff happens. So I thought yeah. that it's kind of like how they did it that one time at a well, I was gonna say Takeover <laughs> where they had like. Johnny Gargano come out and he's waving to the audience. He won the belt and everything. And they had the little subtitle. And that usually when they put the little subtitle at the bottom of, of the of the screen, that means the show's about to go off. But it's not because Tommaso, Tommaso Chamba came and attacked his ass. So it kind of like, yeah. I like that. I like that little extra feel where, where you, it's like, okay, when you see credits, you're, you know in your brain, okay, the movie's ending. But no, yeah. it's not. Boom, there we go. So I thought that was a very yeah, nice touch that they did. Right, because you think they're safe. You think George and Cheryl are going to live happily ever after, but they're not. Yes. 
Yes, they are not going to be living out there after our boy, George. Maybe he'll be in the sequel because we will be doing Demons 2 next week here on the Retro Blood, rounding out our April month of Demonic Possession. And it should oh, be yeah, pretty I'm fun because I, I, so these other, the, the whole, all the movies that we've done this month, I've actually seen before, you know, mm-hmm. kept in my normal library. We just wanted to do on the show because they're very fun movies to talk about. Very, very classic movies. But I don't, I don't think I've ever actually seen Demons 2 before. So this should be very fun. Have you seen Demons 2 before? Yeah, I have. Okay. It's, it's pretty good. Now, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different kind of movie, but yeah, it's good. Now, does it ha- does it continue the storyline, or do you not? Is it like a totally different new movie? Um, if you can remember, it's hard to it's hard to say. So it doesn't continue that storyline, no. Okay. Um, but so Demons Two is, if I remember correctly, I haven't watched, I rewatched it yet for the show, but if I remember correctly, Demons Two takes place in an apartment building in Berlin or in Germany, wherever they are. And um, um, there's like a, a video they watch on television and it affects everybody at the birthday party. Gotcha. So it's a similar story, but they're in an apartment instead of in a movie theater. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, Asian Ar- Asia Argento is in it as a little kid. Nice. But yeah, that should be fun. So check us out here next week on the Retro Blood as we do Demons mm. 2. And hold on. What is that? Do you hear that? Sounds like a bell. What could that be? What can that be? What's up, everybody? This is James Klein. Last week, here on the Retroblood, I challenged one J.A. Allison to a lights-out match. That's right. That fucking puffy beard son of a bitch has been talking all kinds of crap, and I'm going to get him right here on Lights Out because I'm going to make him watch Evil Dead Army of Darkness, brother. Yes, that's right. I'm not only going to give him a chair shot whack. I'm not only going to give him the good old forearm 24-inch pythons, brother. No, I'm going to give him all type of Evil Dead. I'm going to give him some fucking some chainsaws. I'm going to throw some fucking dead demons at him. All right, I'm going to have Ash over there with his half shirt on, looking very muscular somehow, even though he wasn't muscular in the first movie at all, but he somehow became very muscular. I'm going to push that to him too. So join us here. Join us soon, because I'm challenging that son of a bitch to a lights-out match, and that's going to be the end of him for good. How'd you like my promo? Good promo. I like that. (laughs) I'll try to make it a little 80s. (laughs) But everybody, pretty soon we'll be doing that lights-out we're going to drop it on you out of nowhere. That's how we do the lights out. It's kind of like the RKO. It's out of nowhere. All right. But you never we, know when it's going to hit you. Never know. But, Allison, before we sign off, you have any more final thoughts of demons that you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, demons are cool. Any movies about demons are cool. Yes. You should definitely watch this movie, though. This movie is really, really yes, good. Yes, yes. Even, even if it does have a little cheesy... Subtitling, it's still a really good movie, very fun, very easy to watch. Um, I would definitely recommend it. This definitely gets a, a five star in my book, that's for sure. I, I, I wouldn't eat while I watched it unless unless things like pus and things like that don't bother you. Yes. But I wouldn't eat while I watched it, I don't yeah. think. 
So, Allison, what song should we end the show with to send our lovely audience out? Um, let's play a song from the movie. Let's play Saxon, Everybody Up. Everybody up, brother. This is Saxon, everybody. Everybody get up because the retro blood is here. We're taking over. We're turning everybody into fucking demons. You're going to have fucking slime in your fucking mouth. You're going to have crazy teeth. I'm going to poke your eyeball with all kinds of shit. So join us up here next week for Demons 2. J.A. Allison, James Klein. We'll see you guys later. See ya. <laughs>